Today on Let the Bible Speak. I saw a bumper sticker the other day that said, Only God can judge me. Is that true? We'll talk about it next on Let the Bible Speak. Good morning and welcome to Let the Bible Speak. It's my privilege to be with you and to have the opportunity to speak to you about the Word of God today. Thank you for joining me. What is one of the most well-known and beloved passages of Scripture in the Bible today? Now it used to be John 3 verse 16, I suppose, but I don't think that's the case anymore. There is a passage that more people today can quote than perhaps any other, or at least a portion of the passage. In fact, even many of the irreligious always have it on the tip of their tongue in case they ever become involved in a discussion over the moral or doctrinal controversies of our time. I'm talking about the words of Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, and not only do many people know the passage by heart, or as I say, a portion of it, it's one of the few scriptures they believe can and should be taken literally and applied dogmatically. In Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 1, the Lord said, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Well, there it is. It sure seems, at least in verse 1, as though Jesus is telling us to mind our own business, keep our thoughts to ourselves, and do not dare speak disapprovingly of somebody else's choices or their lifestyle. But is that what Jesus is saying? Is it wrong to judge the beliefs and behavior of other people? Because if you speak up and speak out and say that something is wrong or that something is a sin, invariably someone will say, but Jesus said not to judge. Well, what does this verse say? We're going to turn to the Word of God for the answer to that question in just a moment in our study. Lord, let the Savior to dark Only son. 
Over the last few years, I have seen t-shirts, bumper stickers, social media memes, and even tattoos that state, only God can judge me. Well, the message is clear. That person is saying that their beliefs and conduct are, well, none of your business and none of my business. That you don't have the prerogative to criticize the life that they have chosen to live. That's God's job. Now, there's a grain of truth in the statement. Because at the end of the day, we will all answer to God, not to one another, for the things that we say and do and the way we live. And at the end of the day, only God has the authority to legislate right from wrong or good from evil. doesn't matter what you think or I think. What matters is what God says and what God thinks. All of that is true. But there's also a great deal of irony in that statement if you think about it. And it overlooks the fact that if one is true to God and faithfully teaches the Word of God, well, a person who is not living by the Word of God is going to necessarily feel judged when the Word of God is taught and applied. You're simply not going to avoid that. You cannot preach the Word of God without people experiencing the judgment of that Word. And that's because God's Word judges and it convicts. Jesus in John chapter 16 told His apostles that when the Holy Spirit came and inspired and empowered them to preach the truth, the result would be the world would be convicted of sin. But people don't want to experience that kind of conviction by and large today. They believe that they should be able to believe, speak, and live however they choose without falling under any kind of criticism or judgment to each his own. Well, is that what Jesus meant when He famously said, Judge not that you be not judged? Does the context of Jesus' statement support the idea that we're just to live and let live and never condemn sin or expose sin in anybody's life. I dare say that there are many who have committed that passage, Matthew 7 verse 1, to memory. And they keep it at the ready who have never read the surrounding context or bothered to lay it alongside other statements that Jesus made and harmonize them and learn what Jesus was actually saying. A word we often hear used today is tolerance. And people picture Jesus as being a person of great tolerance. Uh, to many, that word has come to mean more than living alongside others who do not share our beliefs. Uh, rather, it has come to mean do not dare express any disagreement with that opposing view or that opposing way of life. In fact, it seems the only sin that we're allowed to call sin today is calling something sin, which is ironic because that within itself is a judgment. That within itself is an expression of intolerance and judging the convictions of others. Now, I think we're all repelled by a hypercritical, snooty, hypocritical person who just takes pleasure in pointing out the faults of others. I think we're all turned off by those who are self-righteous and holier than thou and who readily impute evil motives to others and want to see the bad in others as opposed to the good. But what about upholding the Word of God? What about those who very sincerely care for the souls of men and women and who faithfully warn people whose souls are in peril? What about preachers who preach what the Bible says about sin? What about churches that feel compelled by the teaching of the Bible to even discipline those of their own number who sin with no repentance? Are those the kinds of things that Jesus was forbidding in Matthew 7 and verse 1 when He said, Judge not that ye be not judged? 
Is it wrong to judge others? Is it hateful? Is it pharisaic to adjudicate and judge spiritual and moral issues? Now, it may seem on the surface that that's what Jesus is saying if we simply take this first verse of the chapter at its face value. But what Jesus said extends far beyond just this first verse. It was part of a larger context. And there are three basic rules of correct Bible interpretation. One of them is to understand the meaning of the words originally used. Number two, to examine the surrounding context. And number three, what we might call the rule of harmony. That is, all truths run in parallel lines, and if one supposed truth contradicts another truth, then at least one of those things is not the truth. To put it another way, if I interpret a verse of Scripture in a way that contradicts what other verses say, then I have misinterpreted the Scriptures because truth doesn't contradict truth. And Jesus said, God's Word is truth, John 70, verse 17. Well, let's apply those three rules here. What, what does the word judge mean? The word that Jesus used that is translated judge was a Greek word that has various shades of meaning and is used in different contexts throughout the New Testament. It can mean to separate or to select or determine. It can mean to condemn, such as in John chapter 12 and verse 48 where Jesus said that if we reject His word, we have one that judges us or will condemn us in the last day. It's also used that way in Acts 13 and verse 27 and Romans chapter 2 and verse 27. It can mean to govern or to administrate, such as in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 28, where Jesus said the apostles would sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And then it can mean to simply form an opinion or to analyze a matter. For example, when Jesus in Luke chapter 7 verses 40 through 43 told the parable of the two debtors, you recall he asked Simon, which man forgiven of his debt, one owed much, the other a little, he asked him which man would be most grateful. And when Simon answered, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most, Jesus replied, thou hast rightly judged. So the basic definition of the word is the same. It can be used in different ways. And in this case, Jesus called upon Simon to make a judgment and then commended him for making the right judgment. So that alone should tell us that it is not always wrong to judge, depending on how the word is being applied and the circumstance surrounding the judgment. Second, in order to understand what Jesus was saying, we have to look at the surrounding context. Now we'll do that in just a moment. And then third, if we properly understand Jesus' prohibition on judging, it cannot contradict the other things Jesus and His apostles said about judging. And here's where many people get all confused about what Jesus was saying. Now notice carefully, Jesus could not have been saying that it is wrong for Christians to judge the behavior and beliefs of people because beside this one verse where Jesus forbids one kind of judging, we actually read numerous passages where the Bible commands Christians to judge in other ways. In fact, you don't have to read very far. Just five verses down in Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, Jesus said, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. Well, think about it. Wouldn't that require some kind of judgment or discernment? Wouldn't we have to look at the other person and by their words or behavior, make some kind of evaluation or determination about them. But of course the postmodernist in effect says 
There is no such thing as a dog or a hog because we all have our right to our own version of truth. And so there would be no such thing as a dog or a swine, as Jesus refers to them. Unless, of course, it's a person who denies the tenets of postmodernism, then they may be worse than a pig or a dog in the eyes of that person. That's the irony of all of this. But read on just a little farther in verses 15 through 16. He says, Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Well, how could we ever identify and beware of a false prophet if we're never to judge the beliefs and conduct of another person? You see, it doesn't make any sense. The Apostle John later warned in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Well, we can never do what the Bible commands us to do. If Jesus was saying in Matthew 7 and verse 1, that it is wrong or immoral or sinful to distinguish truth from error and righteousness from sin. Now, in even plainer language, the Apostle Paul rebuked the worldly church at Corinth because they were harboring a man in their congregation who was guilty of fornication. The man was openly living in sin and the church was turning a blind eye and acting as though nothing was wrong. Now, that's the way most people wish the church would deal with sin and treat sin today. Uh, they think the church really ought to operate like that in our modern day. They think it's terrible that any church would call a person a sinner and even refuse fellowship to someone because they refuse to repent of sin or rep repent of a sinful life. Haven't you heard people say, but we're all sinners after all. And so who are we to judge someone else? Or, ah, Jesus said, judge not. I dare say there are many people who rarely, if ever, open a Bible and read it, who can readily quote Matthew 7 verse 1, who are not even aware that this teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 is in the Word of God. Paul told the church how to deal with this man who was unrepentant and refused to give up his sin. He said, beginning in verse 9, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or with idolaters, for then must ye needs go out of the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such a one know not to eat. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within. But them that are without God judgeth. Therefore put away from among yourselves that wicked person. So he's talking here about accountability and the exercise of church discipline. And he's saying that the people of the world, they're already lost because they're outside of Christ. They need to be pointed to Jesus. But they had a responsibility in a different way toward this man because he was a brother. And they had this responsibility toward him for his sake and for theirs. They were to withdraw from him. That means they were to refuse to eat with him until he repented of his sin. Then they were to receive him. And forgive him. Now he said that it was up to the church to judge this man's behavior and to take corrective action to try to save him from his error and at the same time protect the church from his leavening influence. So if Jesus was condemning all forms of judgment in Matthew 7 verse 1, what do we do with 1 Corinthians chapter 5? What do we say about Paul's command to preachers in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 when he said, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. You see, Matthew 7 and 1 
has been used as a refuge for all kinds of sin, immorality, and digression from the truth in an attempt to keep preachers and others from condemning error and making anybody feel guilty. But that simply cannot be what Jesus was saying if the Bible is true, and it is. And if a person says the Bible is not true, then what are they doing quoting Matthew 7 and verse 1 anyway? What makes that true and everything else false just because we agree with it? Well, that's not the basis for whether something is true or not. Now, you see, there is such a thing as righteous judgment. And that's what we have to notice that Jesus taught as well. Jesus told the Jews, for example, in John 7 verse 24, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Here he tells them to judge. But then he qualifies it. He tells them to do so according to righteousness. What does that mean? Well, it means to adjudicate a matter using the Word of God, not my own opinion, not my own personal philosophy, not make a careless and rash judgment, but I am to carefully apply the truth and make a logical and righteous judgment. So what kind of judging was Jesus then forbidding in Matthew 7 verse 1? Well, the context plainly shows what kind of judgment He was condemning. Look beginning in verse 2. He said, For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Well, clearly, Jesus is talking about hypocrisy. People who are busy examining, analyzing, looking for faults in others with no concern over their own faults. He's talking about gross hypocrisy at that. He's not saying that one must be perfect before he can sincerely warn somebody else about some sin. But he's talking about people puffed up with self-righteous pride who will pick and parse to discern some minute fault in the life of someone else while they have some glaring sin protruding from their own life that they're doing nothing about. Paul showed that the disobedient Jews were no better off than the heathen Gentiles over in Romans chapter 2 and verse 3 by saying, O man that judgest them which do such things, talking about the Gentiles and their immorality. And then he says, And you the Jew doest the same? Do you think that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? You see, the Jews did the same thing the Gentiles did, but they didn't see themselves as sinners because they were Jews. And on down in verse 21 and also verse 22, he says, Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Now I want to ask you something. Was Paul saying that there was nothing wrong with stealing? Was Paul saying that it's fine to commit adultery? Was he saying that nobody should ever criticize another person for idolatry? Well, no, of course not. He was saying, make sure you're not the one who needs to first be corrected. Friend, it's not wrong for a Christian to judge righteous judgment. In fact, you wouldn't be my friend if you saw me on the road to hell and you didn't care enough to warn me of where I was headed. But make sure you're doing it because you care. Make sure you're leading me to heaven, not just pointing toward heaven while you yourself walk the road to hell. That's what Jesus was telling us in Matthew 7. Don't judge hypocritically. Don't judge with an unholy motive. 
judge righteous judgment and lead your fellow man down the road that leads to eternal life. You see, my friend, the Word of God decides right from wrong. God has already spoken concerning those things. And one day we will answer to Him in the judgment for the life we live compared to what His Word says and what His Word teaches. And therefore God has commissioned those who preach and teach the gospel, whether that be evangelists, whether it be elders in the church, teachers in the church, whether it be Christians who admonish and teach and exhort one another, to teach people those things that they need to know in order to turn away from sin and to live a righteous life. And yes, to do so in love. We're all turned off by some arrogant and pompous person who is always scanning the lives of others to find fault and who it is very obvious that they judge out of an insincere and a wicked heart. But friend, that doesn't describe the majority of people who profess the Christian faith. The majority of people who are trying to follow Jesus are doing so with a sincere heart. And they want to take as many people to heaven with them as they possibly can. And therefore, we have to cry out against sin. We have to set an example of holiness and righteousness before other people. We need to clean up around our own doorstep and live our own life the way that God would have us to live. And then we have a powerful influence in which we can point other people to righteous and holy and better living. And God help us to do that. Yes, only God can judge you. But maybe what we need to realize more than that, God will judge you and He will judge me. And when some servant of the Lord comes and speaks the Word of God out of concern for my soul, I would be very, very wise to stop and to consider and listen to what they're saying in light of what the Word of God teaches. And if my life is not what the Bible teaches it ought to be, I need to heed the admonition of Jesus and of His apostles found all throughout the Word of God to repent, to repent and begin living the way the Lord would have us to live.
Want to see today's study again? Watch Let the Bible Speak anytime, even on the go, on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. Go to letthebiblespeak.tv and also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Friend, one day we all will stand before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ, and we're going to be judged by His Word. That Word is the standard of judgment, and we're going to receive a reward based upon the things we have done in this body, whether good or whether bad. So therefore, isn't it a true friend who comes alongside you in love and concern if they see you on the wrong path, going the wrong direction, to point you to the cross of Calvary, to point you to the truth, Do you not want to live closer to God and to His Word and to His way? Shouldn't we all desire to be right in the eyes of the Lord, to believe those things that are right and to practice those things that are right and to live in a righteous way? We're to help one another do that. that. And in love and concern, it is our desire today to point you to the cross of Jesus and to the message of His gospel and to the teachings of His Word. If you would like to obey the gospel today, we'd love to assist you in doing that. If you've not been baptized for the remission of your sins, having put your faith in Jesus and decided to turn from your sins in repentance, I pray that this will be the day you make the decision to do that and begin a new life in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like a free printed transcript of our lesson, we'll be happy to send that to you. It's free of cost or obligation. Just get in touch with us and ask for the lesson, Is It Wrong to Judge? Is It Wrong to Judge? That's the title of the lesson today. Ask for it by that title and we'll get that copy to you as quickly as we can. Thank you for joining us on the program today. Be sure to follow us on social media and also subscribe to our podcast. You can find all of our resources online at ltbstv.org as well. It's been great being with you today. I hope you have a good week ahead and that you'll make your plans if the Lord is willing to meet me back here to study the Word of God again next time. Until then, may the Lord bless you. Let the Bible Speak is brought to you by The Church of Christ. For more information, including our past broadcast and sermon transcripts, visit ltbstv.org. Thanks for being with us today. Join us next time for Let the Bible Speak.